It is Thursday, December 29th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, a guy who doesn't need help, but if you're listening, Jamie Hayter, he's available. J.P. Shadrick! Yeah, I don't understand that one either. Welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. It is Week 17. The Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up this Sunday at NRG Stadium in Houston. Busy two hours coming up. We've got analyst Jeff Lagerman coming up. Tight end Chris Manhurts will join us at around 445 today in studio. We'll get his thoughts on a couple of the key defensive contributors for the Houston Texans. Of course, the playoff picture is here. It's starting to come into focus a bit. Only two AFC playoff spots are still up for grabs. The AFC South title and a wild card berth. The Dolphins currently hold that wild card in the number seven seed. Of course, in the second hour, the Doug Peterson show at five o'clock. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach coming up, get his thoughts about the week ahead, the week that has been already, and the Jaguars' ascension to the top of the AFC South. Let's start with the head coach, Doug Peterson, earlier this week. On Wednesday, he's playing the Jags this week in Week 17. Never a meaningless game. Never, ever, ever, ever. Um, you play You play to win every game. Um, and, and um, you know, the only way I rest players is if they're hurt and, and can't go. It's an AFC South opponent, you know, and they beat us in Week 5, so... You know, we've got to have a, a great week of preparation, and we understand that, and, and um, you know, still got, still got some unfinished business. Now to the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. He also spoke Wednesday, and there's still work to be done for this Jaguars team with two weeks left. We can't act like we've arrived, though, because we, we, we still haven't clinched anything. We still haven't made the playoffs. You know, we have two games left to, to continue to prove who we are and to put one foot in front of the next and to just keep stacking these games. So we can't look too far ahead and say this is the team we are now. You know, we have to do it every week. You're only as good as what you can do every Sunday. So, I mean, that's really for us, it's just about being consistent, continuing to do this. And that's great teams win, win these games, games that you got to win, you win them. And that's what we're trying to become as a great team. And, and I think we're on our way. But... Um, we got to keep doing this consistently, and I got to keep doing it too, as a as the quarterback um, and as a player on this team. Like it's all about consistency, and you know I've played I've played well the past month or whatever it is, but I got to keep doing that. Especially if you want to make a run in the playoffs, you want to go deep in the playoffs, then you got to do that even more so. So I mean that's how I'm looking at it is week to week, and I think our team has matured a lot as the season's gone on. That's the quarterback, of course, earlier this week. On to the defense and linebacker Foyer Oluokun is on to the Texans now. Not looking yet to next week against the Titans, even though that is a winner-take-all battle. It's all about Houston. It's a lot to play for this week, uh, and they beat us last time. So any motivation, like everybody wants to keep our momentum going from the past couple weeks with these wins. So... Do whatever we need to, to do to keep that going. That's by beating Houston. So everything right now is being put into that game plan of Houston. And then we'll, whatever happens after that is what we'll take care of when that comes. Well, you have it full sound from the locker room and press conferences available on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. And, of course, we'll hear more from head coach Doug Peterson coming up at 5 o'clock on the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars radio network. We welcome in Jaguars analyst Jeff Logman now. And I uh, hope you had a Merry Christmas after – 
the early week Thursday night game against the Jets, got back home, and then uh, now it's back to work and back to business. Yeah, no, it was great. Christmas was fantastic. It was cold, but uh, the schedule makers in the NFL treated us right. That's Yes, they did. Actually, it worked out pretty well. It's fantastic. No doubt. Yeah, to have uh, Christmas weekend off and Christmas football of plenty. I mean, does Santa not deliver some NFL football this year for Christmas or what? Yeah, uh, we've all been on the good list, I think, this week in that regard. So, Did you see the ratings? I'm sure they were through the roof. They well, had yeah, I mean, typically the NBA has always been on Christmas Day, and that's kind of tradition. And this year, because Christmas fell on the weekend, the NFL had a smattering of games all across the weekend. I want to say the ratings were like five times at the NFL compared to what the NBA was. I can see that. Which is crazy. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. But I mean, it's, I mean, it just goes to show you the popularity of the NFL. And Saturday's games were really good. Sunday's games were, eh. You know, but still better than the NBA. Yeah. I in mean, my it, opinion, I'm just, you know. It's, it's the most popular sport in the country for a reason. By far. NFL. By far and really popular in Jacksonville right now. Absolutely. They're uh, hot. They're in first place. Now the challenge for this Jags team is to – Keep it going. And Doug Peterson, as we just heard there, said earlier this week, there's no such thing as a meaningless game. They're playing. Uh, the Titans play tonight. They have a lot of guys that are not playing. It's a short week. There's some guys dinged up. They've got a lot of issues going on. Some guys not on. playing. There's a pile of Titans not playing tonight. It's two distinctly different approaches. Well, and, and, I, and I think for a couple reasons. One is that the Titans really can't do anything good right now just because they have – they have some personnel issues. I mean, it's one of the reasons why the owner fired John Robinson as general manager, and they're currently looking to uh, fill his role with somebody else possibly, if not from the gentleman that's taking his place right now in Tennessee. But they have a major personnel issue. They have a major issue at quarterback because Tannehill is out. They have a rookie. And, and who's starting tonight? Josh Dobbs. I mean, Josh Dobbs, who was, who was here. He did, well, I know. They just picked him up. Yeah. Like right? Eight days ago. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Good luck, Josh. Okay. Here you go. Yeah. Have Last time it. I watched Josh Dobbs, I was going, how in the world is he even on this football team? I mean, not, not to be extremely critical of him, but I'm just being honest. Hey, good luck, Josh. It's the Dallas Cowboys over there. Yeah, who, by and the way, it. play really good defense, <laughs> and they right. got a guy by the name of Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence that are the two – I think combined edge rushers may be in the league. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely two distinctive approaches. But if the Jaguars win this week, then you play Tennessee and for some crazy reason, you tie them, you have the tiebreaker over the Titans. Is that not correct? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, there, there is to motivation play to play well this week. That's right. And on top of that – the Texans have owned you nine consecutive games. Owned you. That would fall under the category of if you want to change the culture, then you want to stop streaks that exist like that. And there's been a lot of streaks that have been stopped this year. The, the road losing streak that was going on forever until the Chargers game. Mm -hmm. The number of times that you lost in Nashville mm -hmm. against Tennessee. NFC teams, 20 in a row. 20 the in a Dallas row. Game. I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence finally gets a win from somebody else besides the Indianapolis Colts this year yeah. when he beat Tennessee in Tennessee. Well, here's another opportunity for him to get his first victory against the Houston Texans. 
And if you want to be the new sheriff in town, you got to start changing the way that things happen in town. And the sheriff needs to beat the Texans. And I hope that he does. Let's say they're up 17 points the start of the fourth C.J. Beathard, huh? There you go, buddy. You think so? Get on in there. That's when you start kind of switching around a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I think the mindset this week, the right mindset would be, is that you, you're playing to win the game. But what, if you get to a certain point, and that's not easy to get to. This is the, the National Football League. The Texans have played. Look, the Texans beat the Titans when the Titans were giving it everything they had last week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and, and they were plus two in turnover differential. The only way that they won prior to that was plus two against the Jaguars. It's what, the only two times this that's year it. It. that they've been plus two. So this week you better protect the ball because that's the only way the Texans have been winning. But then you go before that, they uh, played the Dallas Cowboys down to the wire. Overtime against Kansas City and Davis Mills fumbled the ball and Kansas City ended up taking it in to win that ball game. So for the last three ball games, the Houston Texans have played very well and they've played hard. And it's going to be a really weird environment in Houston. Really weird environment. Because we've kind of had that environment here before. And what if, what are the what are the fan base what are they thinking in Houston right now? What do you think? Well, they're probably angry at everything going on if they're showing up at all. Okay. Right? Here's the mindset of the fan base, JP, because we were there. Yeah. Don't win the game against yeah. the Jaguars. Yeah. They got the number one pick right now. Correct. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of fans coming out because it's the Texans that have not been playing well. They've got two wins on the season. But the fans will be there, I think, more of of a, of a carnival-type atmosphere because they want to be enter- entertained, but they don't want to see their team win. Right? I mean, who, who who's the guy, your guy at Alabama? Bryce Young? The quarterback at Alabama is Bryce Young, yes. Your guy? Whatever. Well, he's your guy. He's Alabama guy. I mean, I don't know what that. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm saying I went to your school guy there a long time ago. I mean, they, aren't they predicting him to be potentially yes. the number one overall pick in the draft? There have been a lot of yes. I haven't really looked at mock drafts, which is kind of strange this time of year. Actually, really? which is good. I figured you would already have like the, the, the slotting. We, we don't have to worry where about the that. Alabama Crimson Tide guys are expected. We don't to be have drafted, to worry about the draft order right which now, which is nice. Yeah, I'm all for it. That's no, but I point. It's going to be a weird environment because it's going to be kind of sterile um how many people will show up i think is a great question and so if you want to have a great amount of energy you better bring your own energy yeah, I, I mean tell I, you that. I think that's got to happen every week anyway right i mean you can you can be in a big you know game with a sold out house here or like it's going to be sunday in houston yeah, you still better is, come yeah, play yeah but this is different i mean jp this is like when i was at virginia and we used to go play at duke Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, well. and literally, you were just like, "Is there a game today?" I mean, okay. it didn't. It didn't feel like a game. And I think in Houston this weekend, it's going to be a little bit of that atmosphere. And so, from a motivation standpoint, you better you better pull from within because if you're expecting, because a lot of times, look, as a player, you come out there and you're performers to some extent, and so you get excited when there's a lot of eyeballs on you. And when you get into that environment where there's not a lot of people and it's kind of an odd atmosphere because, again, the Texans fans, are, I think, are going to be hoping that, that they lose so they keep the number one overall pick. It's just going to be a weird situation. Uh, but the Texans are kind of used to that. This team is not. 
But the Texans have been playing, I think, in a in a different atmosphere all year long. So it's just something to be aware of. And I, and I give the Texans credit. You know, I've been watching the film this week, and the Texans have been playing hard. Yeah, they're not playing great, but they're playing hard. Close losses to two good teams, Dallas, Kansas City, and then of course they beat Tennessee last week. So they're playing for Lovey Smith. They're they're playing hard. They got a bunch of injuries in key spots. Starting running back is out. One of the key Damian receivers, Pierce. Nico Collins, is gone. Stingley's gone. The corner. So they're they're beat up a little bit. Yeah, but they they won last week. Beat up. They did. I mean, they certainly they didn't did. have any of those guys last week. It's not like they got beat up last week and they're not going to have them this week. I mean, that's, that's right. I think credit. They haven't had Damian Pierce for a couple weeks. They haven't had Nico Collins for a couple weeks. They haven't had Stingley for a couple weeks. So, I mean, this is this is not new ground for the Texans. What they have playing right now has been playing pretty hard. And Lovey Smith is trying to keep a job for next year. And how does he do that? By winning. That's right. And maybe Nick Casario, the general manager, doesn't like that very much. I mean, doesn't he want to have the opportunity to draft a franchise quarterback? If they lose one game and the Bears lose, then don't the Bears then have the first overall pick of the draft? Again, I haven't worried about draft order in a while, which is a good feeling. The Texans fans are worried about that, Well, good for them. That's, That's their issue. How about that? Well, I'm just trying to give you an idea what the environment might be in Houston. It's going to be kind of odd. Let's come back, and we'll get a little deeper into the Texans. You're just loving this playoff atmosphere oh, environment, good. which we're going to have in a week and a half. Now that now that's, that's gonna be now fun. we're talking. It's going to be fun. But you want to make sure that you go into that game with momentum. And, I, and I'm, I'm a big believer in this. If, if you win this week, I think it creates momentum for that last game. Right. Let's dig into that when we come back. But you want to stay healthy. Yeah, there's a lot going into that. We'll, we'll come into that. We've got the injury report coming up a little bit later as well. Then at 445, Chris Manhurts, Jaguars tight end, joining us in studio. PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. We're off and running on Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. station that the Jaguars listen to, 1010XL, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, no reaction from us. That's kind of what we expected. You know, we know at this point in the season, that's what we expected. That's what we want. Um, and I, I, you got to finish strong. And that's the, that's the message. And these are two division games that we have left. I mean, that doesn't always work out that way. We get to finish with two division games. So it's a great opportunity for us, you know, obviously not – we lost this team, you know, like, like I said, a month or two or two months ago, whenever it was. Um, so getting a chance to play them again at their stadium, uh, haven't haven't beat this team in a while. You know, I've never beat the, the Texans in the last two years. You know, three games. So for me, it's a game I definitely want to win, and uh, our whole team feels that way. And it's it's another opportunity just to just to show who we are. That's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence. Yesterday, welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, and Jaguars Game Day Radio is brought to you by Vistar Credit Union. Do good, bank better. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. The Jaguars and the Texans coming up this week. The Jaguars and the Titans at the bank coming up in week 18. There are some tickets remaining. They're 
they won't be remaining for long if they're out there for that Week 18 finale. We'll find out the official time for that coming up after this week's games. When will they that set, happen? I believe it's like that Monday night, either at the end of that game or near the end of that game if it's decided kind of okay. deal. Like they'll probably it, have it. Matt, who Matt plays or Monday? Tuesday. Who plays Monday night? Because, I mean, I think that game has some significance. Bills Bengals, yeah. Yeah, that game has some significance in the AFC, so that I think that – uh, that game will have a lot to to do with what happens with yeah. the Jaguars next week. And I'm just hopeful that it's not Saturday because the Titans are playing tonight. Yeah, They're obviously going to be a little bit more rested than they would normally be with having a Thursday night game. But you don't want to have the Jaguars on a short week with the Titans on an extended week. Right. Uh, by the way, just minutes ago, in fact, the Titans placed three players on injured reserve, including quarterback Ryan Tannehill and then uh, Bud Dupree, outside linebacker, and linebacker Zach Cunningham, all on IR. What did Bud Dupree do? Because he played in this past game against Houston. Let's check. Uh, I mean, it's literally. Kind of curious there. Literally just came out. The. Uh, does not say on the official. That's a big thing. loss for them now. I mean, that's an outside edge rusher, you know, good football player. Um, Danico Autry, I think, is their most dominant outside edge player. But Bud Dupree, who they signed in free agency off of the Pittsburgh Steelers, has always been kind of be the the guy that they expected to be that guy. But yeah, that's a loss for them. Um, I, I'm. Are they going to play the rookie against the Jaguars in that last game, the quarterback? I mean, he's been struggling. Could Josh Dobbs end up earning the job after eight days with the Titans in a Thursday night game? Could he end up maybe clinching the job and be the one that's coming in here to quarterback the Titans in that last game against the Jags? I mean, that's going to be interesting to see. Bud so, Dupree, chest injury, by the way. Left ooh, the I, game ho I hope he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I, I'm actually in the midst of watching the film of that game and watching uh, Houston's offense against Bud Dupree, and uh, that was a physical game. I mean, a really physical game. And Derrick Henry, he's, he's good. He's good, but he's just got no help. Yeah, he's the only one. He's got no help on offense. You know, the tackles for Tennessee are not very good, and the quarterback play is not very good. So, but anyway, Texans is up this week, not yeah, the Titans. Houston Texans, and you know, considering the way their season has gone, they've tried to mix in some two quarterback looks now. Davis Mills, weird, yeah. Jeff yeah. Driscoll gets some time. Jeff Driscoll, who uh, was active on the active roster earlier in the year, then they moved him to practice squad, and then he's been playing the last couple games. And at first, it was kind of a okay, we got a little package of plays for him. Now it's kind of evolved into more, I don't want to say quite 50-50, but it's 65-35, 65 for Mills, 35% for Driscoll. And Driscoll's running a lot of that read option stuff. So what we saw last week from Tim Tebow, or Streveler of the New York Jets. <laughs> Tebow light. We'll see kind of some more of those same things this week with Driscoll. And they do play the two quarterbacks on the field at the same time. So that is something that Mike Caldwell and the defensive staff are going to have to be ready for. And I don't want to say that you completely switch gears, but I think you have to be aware of the different style of offense that will be played when Driscoll is under center versus 
Davis Mills. Davis Mills, again, the more traditional drop-back quarterback, even though he does have some mobility. And then Driscoll runs the the read options, the read option passes, and uh, is definitely a guy that's got some wheels now. He's got some speed. We mentioned that uh, they've lost Damian Pierce, running back, who uh, was uh, like over 900 yards. Everybody else running the ball for them has under 100 for the season. So, I mean, he's a huge loss for them. Rex Burkhead's on the team still. He's a threat in the passing game more than anything. Beyond that, they don't have a lot in the run game. And then at wide receiver, Brandon Cooks is kind of their speed guy. But yeah, and he's still a good player. Yeah. I'm still a good player. The the backfield, you know, I was I was interested to see who would they hand the ball off to, who would they throw the ball to because of, you know, the injuries that you're talking about with Damian Pierce and Nico Collins. And, look, they're throwing the ball to Chris Moore quite a bit. Brandon Cooks is still the, the A number one guy, and he's not a big guy. He's a, a five foot ten guy, and he had a couple really big catches against Tennessee. And Chris Moore has kind of become that second guy for them. And he's a veteran guy. He's been around the block a little bit. And then the next guy up has kind of been Philip Dorsett, which we know him. He's been in Jacksonville. Yeah. was an overpaid free agent acquisition here in Jacksonville. And then Amari Rogers had a big catch in that ball game against Tennessee as well. But uh, the interesting thing is going to be, okay, who's going to take the load from Damian Pierce? Because with the quarterbacks that you have, the running game is very important, obviously, with the read option stuff with Driscoll and then the play action stuff that they like to have with Davis Mills and Royce Freeman and, and a guy we know, Dare Ogumbawale has been getting some carries there in Houston. And then Burkhead, Rex Burkhead, the veteran, who recovered a Davis Mills fumble against Tennessee in the end zone, has kind of been that veteran third down kind of receiving back. But, yeah, it's a a little bit different Texans team than the first time the Jaguars faced them. I mean, the Jags defense matching up against this, though. I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of the season. They've had some issues with the, the man stuff, so they switched some of that. Uh, but, this, I mean, the way this defense in, is built right now and just hearing those guys talk in the locker room, I mean, they should be up to this task this week. Well, like, I, I hope so. The, the reality is, is that the Jaguars defense has been very opportunistic. I don't want to say that they have – that they're a good defense because they're not yet. I mean, they've got a long ways to go to being a really good defense. But in the last couple games, the takeaways have definitely helped uh, making big plays at key moments last week. Like last week, Lucan, I thought, played a a fantastic game with uh, tackles, a couple pass defense called, or actually two cause fumbles that he had in that ball game. And so defensively, they're getting key plays at key moments. Devin Lloyd, I thought, played better. That, that was helpful in games that he has struggled, kind of in a, a little bit of a stretch there. Did pretty well. It was nice to see him get the interception before the half. And uh, they got some pressure at key moments. I thought Cisco had a big play early in that game. It was a, you know, we talk about opportunistic moments. That was an opportunistic moment where the Jaguars fumbled the ball on a sack by uh, Quinnen Williams, and ball pops out, jet recover it was like the plus 16, something like that. Yeah, the red zone, yep. And you hold him to a field goal, and on third down, you end up bringing Cisco on a blitz, which, by the way, we drew up in the film room with Mike Caldwell this week. 
And so look for different Jaguars uh, on YouTube and then uh, Jaguars Weekend and different places to find that film. But it's a big play by Cisco. Uh, Foyer had big moments, and that's what you got to do. Now, but the reality is that's not a great offense that was in New York. And this is not a great offense in Houston, so you would like to think that you can do some good things against them. But the one concern that you have is that Houston hangs out, stays close, and then they find a way to make a couple plays, maybe get a takeaway because that's what happened the first meeting. They were able to keep it close, low-scoring affair, and then all of a sudden they got a couple takeaways to give themselves some extra opportunities, and it cost the Jaguars the game. And so I hope the Jaguars' offense continues rolling in what is going to be very favorable conditions on New Year's Day. It won't be bad weather and wind and rain or anything of that nature in Houston. It's a dome. Correct. And the roof will be closed, I would guess. Climate control. Maybe not. Might be open. They've been opening that thing up in good weather Didn't days. I see it was like it was opening and then it wouldn't open all the way, so they had to close it again? Yeah, they, they've had some issues, I Something think, like with that. a little bit of that, yeah. <laughs> Let's come back. Injury report is out. We'll get the latest from Thursday for both the Texans and the Jaguars. We're on 1010XL, 92.5 FM, Jaguars.com, and Jaguars social media today, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And there's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Enjoy the best live music around with access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more. Reserve your spot for the 2023 season right now and email ticketing at boldevents.com or call 904-633-2000. Coming up in about 15 minutes, Chris Manhurts, Jags tight end, joining us in studio. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. and Fat Tony. Jaguars today. All Jaguars, all NFL, all the time. 10 to noon weekdays on 1010XL. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. PRI Productions, the Southeast full-service event company, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIProductions.com and learn more. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman. It's week 17. The Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up at NRG Stadium in Houston this Sunday. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff time. We'll go on the air at 10 o'clock with the Publix Tailgate Show. 12 noon with Countdown to Kickoff on the network, and then they'll put total leather at 1 o'clock. Chris Manhurt's coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Jags tied in. We'll get his thoughts on the game coming up and the matchup against the Houston Texans. Let's take a look now at the injury report presented by Baptist Health and the Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute, the official sports medicine provider of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, it's officially out today, and let's see. The uh, couple players that did not practice in uh, yesterday's uh, work. Let's get the actual practice. The I got it here. Report. I got it for I got, you. I had it right here. You here got it? I got it. I got right. it. I got it. Okay, so let's start with the Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and Ross Matisic, the long snapper, did not participate yesterday. Both were limited today. Lawrence with a toe, Ross Matisic with back spasms, as Doug Peterson put it earlier in the week. Uh, the other guys were all limited today. Foley Fadakasi was out there with an ankle issue. Brandon Sheriff with an abdomen issue and an ankle issue. Trayvon Walker with his ankle issue. 
and Andrew Wingard with the shoulder issue. All those guys limited for the Jaguars today. So, yeah, the uh, the Houston Texans looking at their report. A couple things to watch here. You know, in, in the game against Tennessee, they lost Titus Howard, who was a guard to a concussion. He was full go today. And then what was kind of odd in that game, so once he got hurt, they put another guy in, Jimmy Morrissey, another offensive lineman, and then he sustained a concussion in that game. They ended up having to go to a third-team offensive guard, really fourth-team offensive guard, because Kenyon Green was the starter that didn't wasn't active for that game. Anyway, they go to Justin McCray to play that, that guard spot. So I think that's going to be something to watch just because uh, that's a lot of offensive linemen at one position that were down in that game with concussions. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. It's already, as we said, a beat up uh, Texans team. A handful of key players are uninjured reserve already this year. The uh, Jaguars still have the fewest players used in games this year in the NFL. Only sixty players used in games. That's, yeah, they've been been very healthy. You know. Yeah, very lucky. You know, knocking on wood there. I mean, it's unfortunate that you lost a couple key guys in the last couple weeks with Smoot and Cam Robinson. And I hate it, you know, because those guys are good football players. They're they're leaders. You know, love the effort that Smoot plays with each and every week, and love that Cam Robinson has taken a lot of steps up this year in his performance. You know, and Smoot, I think it was a contract year for him. You hate it in it that situation, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, you want to be able to make sure that you have a contract and uh and I hope the surgery went well. I I heard that surgery has already happened with both guys and you know I hope everything went great. Hope so too, for sure. Those guys um key pieces to this team. The Jaguars did make some roster moves earlier and Jeremiah Ledbetter signed to the active roster from the practice squad. He was a game day elevation in New York, right? I think he had a half sack in the game, if I'm not, if not mistaken. Yeah, I think, he did. yeah I think he did. He had a half sack and uh, signed the active roster, and uh, you know, he did a pretty good job. He was active. He was active. It looked like he belonged, and that's a good thing. I mean, he's and been at it for a while. He was in the league in, in 2017. Exactly. played 16 games with the Lions that year. Yeah, he's, you know, he's been around, what, three years? and So they still have one roster spot open. And will they fill that? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But, uh, and I'm sure that, you know, and here's the thing. With roster spots now in the league, it's less of urgency to fill them sometimes because you have the practice squad. Yeah. And you can elevate guys off of the practice squad. And some teams like to keep roster spots open for this time of year because – what you see typically at the end of the season is that teams start to pilfer other teams' practice squad. So, in other words, let's say you know a team that's out of the running, let's say the Falcons, for example, okay? They're out of it, okay? And they're trying to stockpile some young prospects for the future. So they have either released maybe some veteran guys or they've placed some guys on injured reserve that were borderline you know, guys that probably can play in a week or so, but they're like, you know, let's put them on IR. That'll give us the ability to steal somebody else's practice squad guy. And so a lot of teams like to keep a roster spot open because, you know, let's say somebody comes after one of, you know, the Jaguars practice squad guys. You know, could you, you know, keep that roster spot open for, hey, maybe we got to sign this guy if we want to keep him in the future, or, you know, to these two guys. Or maybe somebody becomes available for – for a football team that's got some injuries that's maybe getting ready to get into the playoffs and they add a guy at the last minute that can help them. 
You know, so there's flexibility by keeping a roster spot open. Uh, the Jaguars also signed Garrett Sanborn to the practice squad, long snapper who's played in 163 games in the NFL. So well, just that, in that case Matisic is that tells me not something right. now. That tells me something too that you know maybe Matisic is a question mark this week yeah. because you know you don't typically go out and sign an older long snapper if your long snapper is just fine and dandy. Right. Well, I mean, but even if there is a hiccup later in the week, you got to have somebody that's done it before. That is a specialized skill I'd set. I'd say he's done it. Yeah. A time or two. 163 times. Yeah, that's uh, in fact. that'd be about 10 years, I think. Right? I would say yeah. so. Yeah. So there you have it. The injury report is in. The uh, Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up. But we'll take a timeout. We'll come back in a moment. Chris Manhurts will join us on set. We'll get his thoughts on the Texans matchup this week and everything going on around the Jaguars. We'll take a look back at a key play from the Dallas game, Logs. One of my favorite plays of the year, and uh, one of the guys that had a lot to do with the success of that play will be right here in just a minute. And we'll get his thoughts on that play as well. So uh, if you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, then look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between. This truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. When Jaguars news breaks, you'll hear about it first on 1010XL. Home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. It is Thursday. It's week 17. The Jaguars and the Houston Texans coming up. And country superstar Kenny Chesney returns to Jacksonville April 14th. Tickets on sale. There are a few remaining. And don't miss the I Go Back Tour with special guest Kelsey Ballerini at Daly's Place. Visit dailysplace.com today. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman and Chris Manhurts. Jaguars tied in. Back with us. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? We're good. And it's... Um, it's a good place to be, first place in the AFC South. Still business to attend to. We all know what's going to happen in Week 18. But from a Jaguar perspective in that locker room, we're hearing all the things from the head coach this week and guys in the locker room that you got, you got to, you know, some things to get right with the Texans this week after what happened in Week 5. So you got to look at this week like, um, hey, let's go get this one, right? Yeah, I think we owe these guys one, especially, um, you know, obviously after – you know, we played them, I think it was week five or uh, in the earlier course of the season. But it's an exciting time at the same time. It's another opportunity, another week to go out there and put, you know, a good brand of football out there for, for, for the Jags. Yeah. All right, so let's go back a little bit. By the way, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Likewise. Yeah, it was nice having a weekend <laughs> off. We were just talking about that. Uh, NFL schedule makers were, were kind to us. Felt like a mini bye week. So how many Christmas gift tickets did you have to buy in New York? You know, I had quite a few. I had the usual, uh, you know, immediate family, and then I had about forty students from my high school uh, wow. show up. So it was, it was, it was, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Wait a minute, <laughs> did you say forty-two? It was forty. About forty students uh, from Cardinal Spelman High School came out for support. They were on the sidelines pregame, so uh, it was definitely cool. That's cool. Yeah. Now, forty-some uh, odd students. You paid the freight. A little bit half and half, Good. but uh, it was a, just a collaboration between uh, a fundraiser and what I was doing with the school, so it all worked out, and, and everybody was happy about it. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. How many students are at Cardinal Spellman in the Bronx, right? About, uh, to my knowledge, I think 2,000. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's pretty neat. 
Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. How many family members? So you got 42 for the for the school. This one was pretty low key. It was probably about maybe eight family members, yeah, immediate yeah, family, parents, brothers. Tickets. Yeah. New York prices, you know, <laughs> a little different. <laughs> Santa Chris showed up. Yeah, oh right. my goodness. All right, so uh, let's rewind a little bit now to this Dallas game. It was a wild one. We I don't we haven't really talked to you until you know since. It's been a little well, bit. because last Thursday we, it was it the was game, the game and, and the holiday, and, and there was there was a play that happened. And we got to go back to the Dallas game, and it was a play that I remember very well because we actually uh, I drew it up in the in the film room, and because it was Christmas week, didn't have a coach that that had the time to do it because they're busy with a short week, and there were a couple components of why the double move touchdown to Zay Jones happens when you have a play like that. First of all, you got to have the time. And then you also have to have the play fake and the defensive back to get him isolated and have him bite. You come in in the factor of time because it's kind of a naked bootleg by Trevor. And do, do we have the yeah, play that we've we got can the run? Play. Let's see if we can uh, see it. If you're watching on Jaguars.com or Jaguar social media, the video of the double move to Zay Jones. You'll All right, see there's him. Chris right there. Dante Fowler. The, the play action is what you're hoping that kind of gets him to pull down the line of scrimmage, but he didn't really do that to you, did he? No, he didn't. And that's one of the tougher uh, blocks. Uh, a player like Dante Fowler, he's been around for a while, so he sniffs out things real quick. Um, and as you could see, you know, I had him for a bit. He hit me with a nasty spin move. But uh, thankfully I had the ability to recover, and uh, Trevor was able to connect with Zay. Yeah, and see, those are the things that I think – Sometimes people follow the ball, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to criticize anybody because I mean it's natural for your eyes to follow the ball. All they see is Trevor. What a great throw! Look at Zay's wide open touchdown. Trevor's great. Zay is great. And Chris Manhurts, he's okay. You know, but I mean that's a play that look. If you don't make that block, that play doesn't happen. I mean that was, I mean that was a thing of beauty and a, and a great block. I mean when you're trying to block. A defender like that that's athletic as Dante Fowler is because we've seen him. He's been here before. He's as athletic as anybody, especially in open space, because you're blocking him in an open space. That was a great job. I appreciate that. And those are one of those blocks where you're pretty much left on a, an island and you, you kind of have to be in sync with the quarterback and him reading your block and, and getting in the right place to slide and, and ensuring that he completes the pass. So overall, it was a great play and probably one of my favorite plays of the year as well. That's uh, one of the, you'd like to have that play where the defender just goes running down the line of scrimmage and you go, you sucker. <laughs> one <would laughs> and you think. just pat him on the butt as he goes by. But Dante was, he was on it now. He did a pretty good job. Definitely was. Yeah, good to see uh, Chris Manhurts with us. Let's move forward now to this Houston Texans team and, just in general, when you turn on the film the last month or so, these guys are in games. They're fighting. They got some injuries. There's some key pieces out. But, I mean, they're in all these games. They're right there in the fourth quarter. And that tells you a lot, I think, about the, the heart of this football team in Houston. Oh, yeah. This is a team that we definitely obviously can't overlook. Um, they've been playing some really good football as of late. And uh, we, got our, we got our work cut out for us as well this week. But, uh, you know, just trusting our process, trusting our preparation, same type of preparation we've been doing the past couple of weeks. Uh, we're confident that we can get the job done. The, the defense of the Texans is not one that's overly complicated. It's a, it's a Levy Smith defense. For uh, most teams, you see a lot of cover two out of them. Last week they faced 
the Titans, and it's Derrick Henry-esque. So they were bringing a lot of uh, single high safeties and were bringing a safety down in the box. What do you guys expect to see from the Texans' defense? Do you expect to see kind of like what you got the last time, which was a lot of cover two show? Yeah, just based on tendencies, they play a lot of cover two. They will play single high as well. Um, so we just kind of have to be prepared and ready for our cues and, and um, tendencies of what the defense has given us. But, look, um, their D-line up front is pretty good as well. Um, they, you, you have Jerry Hughes, number 55, veteran pass rusher. Um, he's been around for a while. He knows how to set up his rushes, savvy, um, athletic. Um, I think this is maybe his 12th or 13th year in the league. 13, so. 13 yeah. Yeah, he's uh, – 66 career sacks. He's uh was kind of a late bloomer, first-round pick of Indy. Didn't do much there. Goes to Buffalo, and all of a sudden, whoa, guy, guy's a good football player. Yeah, his resume speaks for itself. What does he do the best? What's his, what does he do very well? When he's on, what, what makes him so good? I think overall he does everything well. He's, he's pretty – he sets the edge pretty well in the run game. Uh, pass rush moves. Like I said, he's pretty savvy. He's been around for a while. He knows how to set up his rushes, keep the offensive tackles off balance. Just an overall good football player. So we definitely have our work cut out for us. When you say that he's been around, this game on Sunday will be his 200th career game. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's a lot of football games. That is a lot. Yeah, it's a lot of football games. And uh, and I know that Lovey Smith, after this past game, singled him out because of how well he's played, you know, how he's been a leader. And I know that there's a guy on the other side that's a young player that's playing pretty well. I want to make sure I say this name right, but it's Ogbo Okoronkwo, oh. uh, 45, mm -hmm. for people that will be watching on film. Kind of a – a young version of a Jerry Hughes, you know, a guy that's really active and uh, he had two sacks this past game. And when I watched the film, I noticed Jerry Hughes because he's been around forever. But then my eyes also went to 45 because he made me take my eyes to him because he's been making plays. So two guys that uh, you guys will have your hands full with. Yeah, 45 is another one. Good player, um, high motor. Like I said, all the traits that you would want in a defensive end, pass rusher. So uh, we – we got our work cut out for us, but we're excited for the challenge. All right, so we go now from one of the oldest. I'm sure he's the oldest on that roster, a 13th-year veteran in Hughes, to a rookie, safety, and a guy who's making plays on the back end for them in Jalen Petrie, uh, rookie out of Baylor. What stands out about his game on – he's got 126 tackles this year at safety spot. I mean, 126 tackles at safety at this point in the year. Obviously, it speaks for itself. He, high motor player. Um, very athletic, um, and he's not afraid to get in there, get in the mix, especially playing down in the box at times. So uh, another guy that we have to uh, prepare for, uh, be on the lookout for, and, and have a plan for. Yeah, a real active guy, and those 126 tackles leads the NFL amongst all rookies, which is impressive. And I think the four interceptions is he's pretty close, close if not the rookie lead. And, and you're right, he's impressive. He does play down in the box. He does play well in space. And there's not many rookies that jump out at the safety position first year having four interceptions, 126 tackles. I mean, that's, that's an impressive number. And it's kind of a sign of this Texans team. You know, they, they have the second most number of games played by rookies in the National Football League, a young team. And the one characteristic or trait that I see in them is that they play hard. And that's a, that's a really strong trait. And you guys are definitely going to get a team that plays hard. Yeah, and I think that's reflective of, from up top, the coaching. Uh, you could tell uh, while preparing for a team, how we see them play on film, their pursuit to the ball, their hustle, their energy. 
uh, what type of team we're going against. So we definitely know that going into it. What kind of challenge is it when you, when you see a guy like Petrie, they bring an extra guy in, all of a sudden you, you're counting, things are different, right? I mean, what is, as a offensive line and then a tight end right off a tackle, what are you looking for in that instance? Uh, just, you know, typical stuff, uh, blitzes, pressures, um, you know, the mic point mic change on any given play or run. But a lot of that just comes from, you know, film study and preparation throughout the week and making sure we're geared uh, towards handling that come game day. Have you guys talked about or are you prepared for the environment? You know, because Sunday is going to be New Year's Day. You've got a football team that's 2-12-1. and one. And a lot of fans, you know, kind of watching from a curiosity standpoint, not so much wins or losses, but what's going to happen with the draft and in the spring and all that kind of stuff. So it's not exactly going to be a playoff environment, which you guys got a lot of in the last couple games. You prepared for this different environment? Oh, for sure. And I think that's a credit to, I guess, the adversity that we faced throughout the course of this whole year. You know, Dallas game, hostile environment as well. Um, and every game, obviously, for the past couple of weeks, the stakes are high. You know, it's almost like a playoff mentality for every game. So that's something that we're prepared for and um, we're fully equipped for. Yeah, all right. So moving ahead here, uh, obviously in Houston this week, Tennessee here in week 18. But coming off this Christmas holiday, how's the focus been? Like Everybody's back, everybody's rolling, ready to go. Monday, a little walkthrough, and it's business as usual? 100% business as usual. Um, Doug does, does an exceptional job of, again, keeping things in perspective, um, letting us know where we are and, and, and what we need to get to in order to obviously uh, fulfill our goals as a team. So uh, focus has been excellent. We had a great week of practice today, uh, great day of practice today, great day of practice yesterday, and uh, guys are on the same page. All right, so uh, have a little fun here. So what did, did you get anything good for Christmas? <laughs> You know, this Christmas was a little bit different. I have a 17-month-old. Um, he just started walking probably two days before Christmas. Oh, so boy. That was the best gift ever. Yeah, it's a great gift, but it also can be a curse. Now we need to put a <laughs> gate somewhere in the house. But at this point, I, you know, it, it's just fun. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Uh, New Year's Eve on Saturday night. So you got a, got a new, new Year's resolution? I'm not a big resolution guy. You know, I'm just a big process guy. Um, my goal is always, you know, to have a better year than the previous um, in any way, shape, or form. So it's pretty simple for me. Yeah, that's good. Well, don't be you know, There's no partying Saturday night. What's that? It's New Year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, he exactly. seems like the type. Yeah. <laughs> nothing, like getting, nothing like getting bed checked, okay, on New Year's Eve in a hotel room in some other city. Might have to bed check the radio crew. Might need to bed check you. I'm here. I'm, I'm right here. I'll be in this chair. I'm not going to Houston. Yeah, so it's, it, it is, uh, considering what happened earlier in the season now, um, to turn it like you guys have and then to have Tennessee do what they do, that's their own issue, to, to actually get back to the top of this division, it fulfills everything that Doug has been talking about, right? The process and sticking with it and all the goals are still out there. And to actually see that come true now, that just strengthens the message. Right, it definitely does, but no, no mistake about it, we're not there yet. We still have unfinished business to take care of, and that's the mentality that permeates throughout the whole locker room. We know that um, you know, we're just taking it one week at a time and controlling the things that we can control ultimately. In, in your career, how many times have you been in the playoff hunt so far? 
Uh, this will be my second time. Second time. Second time. And, and the last time was when? Uh, Might have been 2017 with the Panthers. Okay. So it's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. It's fun, isn't it? It is fun. Winning is fun. Yeah. You know, and it's re- very uh, rewarding knowing the work that you put in and, and seeing what comes of it. It's, it's very rewarding. Yeah. Having an opportunity to play in the tournament makes everything fun. What makes coming to work fun, I've always said this, you know, they pay you for the regular season. But in the postseason, you play for free. I mean, you play for the glory and for the victories, and that's it. But, man, the regular season you get paid for, okay. But coming up, if you can get in, oh, yeah. You see what happens after you get in. That's right. You know, know, you're playing – I don't want to use a a gambling analogy because I'm not a gambler, but I've used this analogy in the past, kind of playing with house money. It's like you're gambling and having fun with somebody else's money. It's just fun. I remember back in uh, 1996 when when we were in a very similar situation and we strung some games together – when we got down to the last couple games of the season, we needed to win to get in, and it was it was an amazing ride. And then once we got into the playoff, the amazing ride went notches higher that never you could have even have imagined. I wish I could go back and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna ride with these guys. Got to get got to get some business done though first. Chris, it's great to see you. Thanks for the time as always, man. Appreciate you guys having me. That's Chris Manhurts joining us, Jaguars tight end here on Jaguars Happy Hour. The Jaguars headed to Houston this Sunday in Week 17 to face off against the Houston Texans, and then of course Week 18, a winner take all battle for the AFC South here at TIAA Bank Field. Just limited tickets available now for that game, 633-2000, or visit jaguars.com slash tickets. Uh, playoff tickets are on sale for season ticket members now and the general public tomorrow. Every team that's in first place after December 15th must put them on sale. That's why they've gone on sale this week. And, uh, of course, if the Jaguars win the division, they'll have a home playoff game at TIAA Bank Field in week one of the postseason. Coming up, it's the second hour of our programming tonight on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear from the Jaguars head coach, Doug Peterson, coming up in just a moment on the Doug Peterson Show and get his thoughts about the week, the run right now coming off Christmas, and then moving on to the Houston Texans and the approach this week of starters playing against Houston. We'll hear from the head coach in just a moment. Thanks to our entire crew, David Cho, Brent Reber, Joe Fortunato, Chris Manhurts, and for Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening and for watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.